welcome back, literary slummers, to a Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware. And we're off to the races, folks! <laughs> I'm one of your oh morphs, M. And I'm another one of your morphs, Anna. <sighs> this Morph Monday, you guys, remember how, like, a f- month or so ago, M was like, this is probably my least favorite Animorphs book yet? Guess what this book was for me? <laughs> Your least favorite? Absolutely. This book I was still such think... garbage. <laughs> what was the one I said that about? Was it the Rachel one? No, that was the Jake one where they went to the jungle and did stupid time travel. Mm, right. I still think I hate that one more. Yeah, that one was pretty nonsense, but this one was even more just like... As I was going back and typing my notes, I had to keep being like, surely there was more to this than that. Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will say at least this one didn't undermine its own plot by erasing the entire plot at the end. True. But maybe that would have been a good thing if it had. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I swear to God, if this alien toilet comes back. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be very important. In general, this... This book was a lot more scatological than I've grown accustomed to with the Animorphs. It was weird, yeah, especially for a Cassie book. Like, you'd expect Mm -hmm. this from Marco, maybe Jake POV, but for Cassie, I was like, ew. Why why is there so much poop? Why is there so much poop? Why is there so much? It was weird. It was like the whole spectrum. It was like trying to make Cassie girly, but then also like with the sense of humor of a Marco. Yeah, it was weird. I... I generally like Cassie as a narrator because she gets all like philosophical and I know. But she didn't in this one, really. She didn't. She didn't. She was pretty blah in this book. Yeah. And I think the problem is that like nothing really changed for her in the last book, right? Like she was like, I'm still unsure about the ethics of being an animorph, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then like that wasn't. It was kind of resolved a little bit, but not like, not in a way that couldn't be brought back. But then like K.A. Applegate was like, well, I don't really know where to go with her because I can't do a third book on that. So here's what she got. Like, I feel like the books so far, except for a couple of the recent ones, have fit like the character, right? It's like, it makes sense that this book is from this person's perspective. But this book was just like, this could have been from any of their perspectives. Yes. Yeah. If you took out all mentions of like, my name is Cassie, and, like, the descriptors of her, like, you would have a pretty hard time telling who this book was. And even, from. like, the the B-plot sort of stuff of, like, it's not even B-plot, it's, like, C or D-plot of, like, stuff that's going on with her home life was so uneventful and unimportant and didn't matter at all. And it was... It's so low stakes. This whole book was, like, nothing. It was a middle book, and it's unfortunate that we're still getting... Middle books right now at book 14 of this 50-some book series. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, you. I guess you can kind of see why someone would have to bring in Ghost Riders. For like a, yeah. a, a series of this length. Like, you gotta... It. I can imagine it'd be very difficult to have the stamina to be like, okay, what other thing can these young children that can't leave their hometown, can't travel places very quickly, like, what else can we do in this California... But supposedly it's not the ghostwriters who came up with the ideas for the books. If, if, you know, reports are to be believed, Applegate Mm. came up with the plots and then like the ghostwriters fleshed it out. Right. So it's like, yeah, 
even so, we still have like I think the first ghost written book is like twenty seven or something like that. So we yeah, still have a, a while before we get to that. Yeah, but and I think does... like K. A. Applegate still stepped in and like wrote the quote unquote important one. So, mm. but yeah, this book. Uh, I guess we have to talk about it. I guess. Well, all right. Cassie POV. Cassie and Rachel go out with Cassie's dad to see this woman who has rudely nicknamed herself. Like, she's nicknamed herself. The but This is how the book justifies it. It's like, no, she came up with this nickname herself. But they call her Crazy Helen because she believes in aliens. And Helen has an issue because some horses around her are acting funny. What is... What is Helen's situation? Because I thought she was like a horse wrangler, but no, because these are like wild horses, right? Yeah, I, I, th- I think she's just like living out in a yurt. Well, and then she's <laughs> like, like, she seems to sell like alien memorabilia, right? Like she's like yeah. a little maybe she's a tourist gift trap. Shop. Yeah, I guess. But like, then why does she care about these horses? <laughs> I don't know. Horses. I don't, I have no idea. Her whole deal, I thought it was going to be, like, they were going to go see the woman who Rachel ran into when she lost her memory and was like, I'm never going to be controlled by a yerk again. Yeah. I thought it was going to be her. It wasn't, though. We're never going to find out what happened to that woman. I I think it isn't a Megamorphs book, so I'm not really holding out hope she's going to come back. But (laughs) I can still point out all the places where it would have been good for her to come back. (laughs) So they go out and see Helen and her horse and they get there and they see this horse and it's trying to make a phone call on a payphone in the desert, I guess. (sighs) (laughs) It like takes a stick and it's poking at the numbers. It's like dialing out somewhere. Okay. It calls collect and it's like, it's Bob, we had a baby, it's a boy. <laughs> there's there's just... Okay, so, like, on the one hand, this is very stupid of Cassie's dad to be like, this is normal horse behavior. This horse He's a was, bad vet. <laughs> this horse was bitten by a snake, probably. So that's probably the situation. It's also very stupid of the Yerks, because, of course, that's what this is, is that this horse is Yerk-possessed, Yes. And he's trying to call the other Yerks. It's like, this is how you do it? Like, you you guys don't have a better method of getting in con... What? This was their plan. <laughs> well, I don't understand. Okay. This is jumping ahead. A lot. But why didn't they just have Mr. 3 do it? Because he could just morph a horse. Oh, you mean like do the whole thing? I thought do you meant the make thing. the phone call. And, would have and known I was like, what the thing was? It, this is all very cryptic. I don't want to like give away the whole plot before we get there. Right. It is I will say. So <laughs> I will say. I think that probably the explanation would be Visser Three is has a lot of things that he's doing, and he's not like he's not a spy, right? That's not his job. I'm sure True. there are other Yerks who that's more their job is like infiltration and whatever, and being a horse, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> my job is horse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so glad this mission finally came up and I can be of use. Uh, 
But I think the other question would be, again, like, okay, so I guess the problem that happened was, like, that this horse did get bitten by a snake, right? Because Visser 3 mentions that later. So, like, they were trying mm-hmm. to call Visser 3 to come get them so that, like, they could, like, rescue <laughs> Hey mom, Again. the movie just let out and I need a ride home. <laughs> right? Again though, it's just like in the Rachel book where the year like freaks the fuck out after getting eaten by a crocodile or whatever. It's like, you guys need to be better. I don't know, does something happen if is it like Inception? If you die in the dream, you die in real life. If your host dies while you're in it, do you like auto crit? Like what's what's the deal? Because like I don't know. I think like Cause haven't we seen this before with Yerks crawling? Like when that teacher? Yeah. No, because they got the Yerk out first. I don't. Right. Know. I think that might be it. So maybe like if you the body dies, the Yerk automatically dies. Is it like brain death? Brain death equals Yerk death? Question mark. We'll have to keep an eye on it. We'll have to. We'll have to track this. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the horse makes a phone call. And then sees people seeing it and tries to run away, but it sucks. So it just, like, falls over dying. And Cassie and Rachel notice a yerk crawling out of its brain, but they don't do anything to, like, go smush stomp it. on it. Right. Or capture it. Do they just assume it'll die because it didn't, like, complete the phone call and so they don't have a yerk to come pick it up, probably? I mean, like, it's... I mean, I assume the yerk can go into any kind of brain. That's true, but I feel like... Because, okay, so uh, getting ahead, when Visser 3 does show up and is like, we already lost so-and-so because of the snake bite. So I think this Yerk did die. It got poisoned. I don't even know if it got poisoned. I think it probably just, like, crawled out and didn't have another host readily available. And so it, like, died Mm. without, you know, because it's got to get back with three days or whatever. So, like, because it didn't finish its phone call, I I think it probably just died. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not through any intervention of the people who are supposed to be actively hunting the Yerks. Yeah, like, if it looks like a slug, no one's going to think twice if you just go and stomp on it. Although I guess maybe it... I feel like I'm justifying their actions so much, and I really shouldn't be. But if maybe in Cassie and Rachel's defense, they figured this Yerk is probably not out here alone, which, spoiler alert, it that is not. Be. And if we go and smush it really aggressively, the other Yerks might figure something's up. <laughs> they might come and try and squish us. Hmm. Squish or be squished. <laughs> so Helen is like, oh my god, horses are aliens. <laughs> and Rachel and Cassie are like, she's not wrong. <laughs> also, wait, okay, so they do get blasted by a whatchamacallit beam at this point, right? Dragon beam? Uh-huh. So, like, where did that come from? The horse's butt. I have no idea. <laughs> so, like... like it's okay, shooting so out of its butt. Were there, like, Yerk backup ships waiting to blast the horses? <laughs> like, what? Okay, I'm so confused <laughs> by this whole setup. So there was, like, some Yerks in horses that were doing spy work. And then maybe some other Yerks who were, like, monitoring them. But then, like... Why this is the like first... some Mission Impossible shit where they're like, you're disavowed, and they just kill them. But if the, if the first Yerks were watching, or the second Yerks were watching the horse Yerks, uh-huh. why did the yes. horse Yerks need to make a phone call? <laughs> That's a good question, too. Why couldn't they just done, like, what is it, the flag thing, semaphore? 
<laughs> right, right, semaphore. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they just do that with their tails? Exactly. Yerks, what are you doing? What's what going is, on? When you guys go home at the end of the day and you're just like having some dinner and you're like, you know what a good plan would be to fight the Bandalites today? Let's turn into horses. Horses. Ugh. It's a mess. So, Rachel and Cassie go to tell the other Bandalites what they saw and they're like, um, we don't believe you really. <laughs> this sounds stupid as shit. <laughs> and me reading it, I was like, yeah, you're right. But Cassie, Rachel, Marco, and Tobias all get into bird morph and fly out there. Like, this does sound stupid, but also, mm-hmm. like, dogs are aliens and whales are gods. So, like, nothing should be stupid at this point. True. And also, like, Cassie is known as the level-headed one of the group. So if Cassie right. says she saw something, shouldn't you take her out her word and also like they're all like well you might have confused the yerk with a snake which okay maybe except not really because they aren't described as looking like snakes they're described as looking like slugs which are a different thing they're much shorter right unless we've been lied to this whole time and also even (laughs) if that's the case even if it was a snake why the fuck did this snake crawl out of a horse's ear that's also (laughs) weird that's where it bit it that's also weird and should be investigated. <laughs> that snake might be a yerk. <laughs> it's just yerks all the way down. It's a sneak. <laughs> so they fly out there, but out there in this desert where the horses are is in this secret military area called Zone 91. Also, I do want to point out they fly out there and they leave behind Jake and Axe. Yeah, Which a, so that they can bang it out. Exactly. And B, that's also why this part of the book was the best part of the book. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They fly out there to Zone 91, and Marco's like, fuck yeah, Zone 91. Yeah, aliens are real. I believe. And the others are like, well, yeah, we know. <laughs> and Marco's like, no, this is different, guys. Okay, I want to get into this, because this is so confusing to me what this whole situation and I mean I know this is getting super far ahead to what the situation is so the thing that they find in zone 91 is an andalite thing right so it must have been yes from either Alfangor ship or from the dome ship that Axe was in that they recovered right Mm -hmm. like those are the two alien ships that are on the planet unless andalites were like scoping out earth beforehand I don't know well then why did they leave this behind what? I don't know. Because so, Axe is like, it's a prototype. So it's like, our, our toilets are much more advanced now. So has it just been there for... Because that was my confusion. I was like, how did this whole zone spring up this quickly? That there's like... Yeah, I think, it, I think it's kind it. of like, maybe some, some Andalites were looking around the galaxy and discovered humans and were like, we're not going to bother them, but we will jettison this crappy piece of technology and leave it here for them. As so, a gift. It's, so it's just been there for years, I guess. <laughs> Being okay. speculated All right. upon. All right. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> they go to Zone 91 and they demorph back into their human bodies, except Tobias, who's a hawk. 
And they are in, like, their morphing outfits and no shoes, and they are spotted and arrested by the military. Who's like, they could have tried to talk their way out of it, but the fact that they didn't have shoes on in the middle of the desert, these people were like, oh, you're up to some shit. (laughs) So they get military arrested. (laughs) And Marco's plan is, like, to be, like, super into spaceships and be like, oh, we truth is out there, X-Files, we want to find the truth, whatever. In order to, because he's like, oh, they would have held us and called our parents anyway. So this way they think we're like just crazy UFO nuts instead of like. Just kids. Just kids. There's a lot of holes in this whole like military hanging on to these teenagers. Thing. Marco thinks and he's it gets worse. so much savvier than he is. I don't, I don't. And like. Cassie remarks on it too. She's like, Marco may act dumb, but he isn't. He's very smart because That's we all know Cassie Cassie's loves Marco. Marco. Yeah, yeah. Sees no flaws in him. But like, no, Marco, you're just being too extra. Just, just. Marco's <laughs> trying to be all elemist and play 40 chess. Because he does this twice in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, he acts out on purpose in order to get them out of a bigger trouble, which I'm like, what? I think it's just Marco justifying his bad behavior. Yeah. See, guys, it all worked out because of what I did. It was all part of the plan. It's like when you're like, you read online comments and someone's like, oh, I was only saying that stupid thing to get a rise out of you. And it worked. And And it worked. I'm an internet troll. Believe the stupid thing. And then people called you on it. And now you're trying to pretend that that's not the case. Yeah. So. (laughs) God. Are you sure this was the best part of the book? Because so the chief of security, well, Ca- Captain Torelli. I mean, it was up against some pretty. This is true. Low. Yeah. He, Captain Torelli wants the names and phone numbers of these children so he can contact their parents and send them mm-hmm. home and get them grounded or whatever. Yes. And they're like, LOL, my name is Dana Scully. My name is Fox Mulder. And Cassie like blanks and she's like, my name is Cindy Crawford. I. I also like how she blanks and she's like, I didn't know the X-Files like the other kids did. And it's like, that's not that's the it. issue here. You, you could have done anything. I I know. Honestly. <laughs> and those are like the only two characters that anyone really like knows from the X-Files in. Well, maybe it's different from like when X-Files was still on the air. But like, yeah. But yeah, she could have been like, my name is George. Glass. Well, I guess Cindy, Cindy Crawford fucking works. So. Um, this guy's like, oh, I will call your parents now, children. And he leaves the room to make those calls. And the bandolites are like, Jake's not here, but we've got to morph into cockroaches to escape. (laughs) But here's my thing. You're taken into an interrogation room on a military base. Are there not cameras? Or is this, like, one of the rooms where they, like, waterboard people and there are purposefully no cameras? Like, what's going on here? Maybe it was, like, these are teenagers and are clearly not a national security threat, so they were just, like, hanging out in a lobby, essentially, instead of taking them to, like, the scary rooms. I don't know, but... (laughs) The scary rooms. The scary rooms. (laughs) I was just like, this is on tape now, and they're going to be, like, captured and dissected as alien technology. 
I mean, clearly not because that doesn't yeah. happen because nothing in this book makes sense. But it's fine. Yeah, it's in in twenty oh, books. It's going to come back, and Captain yeah. Torelli is going to be like, "I got you now, Bandolites." Captain Torelli is going to actually end up being the big bad of the whole series, and I'm going to kill myself. I love it. He's like, "I'm Visser Zero. <laughs> you didn't realize there was one more, more important than Visser One. It is high Visser Zero. <laughs> you idiots! You thought that the Yerks used human numbers. <laughs> I'm Visser Stungstong. <laughs> A number lower than one. <laughs> oh. So they morph into cockroaches and they try to like scuttle out of the base, but for some reason these tanks are all rolling by, so they almost get squished, but Tobias like swoops in and grabs them. It's fine. They're fine. Okay, they're fine, but Tobias drops Cassie and Cassie's like, falling and it's like oh right cockroaches can fly which means these fucking idiots didn't fucking realize that the whole time they were trying to escape (laughs) what you remember that whole book where they were like we have to two of us have to morph spiders so that we can build bridges for the cockroaches to crawl on what happened? Did, like, K.A. Applegate mm. get a note from the editor between books that was like, hey, you know cockroaches can fly, right? <laughs> what? Maybe a child wrote in that, like, really liked cockroaches. It was like, you're not utilizing cockroaches to their full extent. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway. Then Cassie is like, well, maybe we need to become horses in order to spy on the other horses. But I only have one horse at my house, and we can't all morph it because we don't want to look identical. So we got to go to the racetrack and get racehorse morphs? No, no, that's not what happens. What happens is the saddest moment in Animorphs history where they're all all talking about where they can pick up horses from. And they're like, oh, let's go. Oh, my God. Right? Let's go to the amusement park with horses. And they're like, no, those are too fancy. Oh, let's go to your parents' vet businesses, like, uh, clients. Oh, no, they know me. They they would be confused, which that's stupid. Like, you could just that's, be like, go at night. I feel like Cassie could Cassie. 100% just go to someone's house and be like, hey, guy who my dad is the vet for, my friends like horses. We want to look at your horses. Is that cool? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. Because that's like sure, a normal Cassie, thing we all for love dumb you. teenagers to do. But whatever. Um, Rachel then goes, we could go to the horse track where my father took me on his last daddy daughter visit. Like what? The my father, fuck? whom I worship, took guess me, he thought that was a good bonding activity. Took she me says. down to the horse track. And this is so out of left field. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I have a different perspective of like horse tracks than like some people do. But like, I'm like, that's. That I feel like that's a like in like a coded thing in media of like dads down at the horse track is like a code of like dad I abandoned my child there. Yeah, like dad's a bad dad, right? Like (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely think that is a stereotype in books and other media, but also I can say I have gone to the racetrack with my dad and it was fun because I was young and excited about horses. But Rachel, I think, is a little bit too old for that to have been yeah. like a thrilling thing. And her dad helps her gamble on the horses, which is like, yes. okay, all right. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it was it was a sad moment for Rachel. <laughs> She's like, I love my dad with all my heart. And her dad's like, I, I already neglect two of my girls. How can I get rid of this last one that's just <laughs> clinging on to me? And it's just like so out of left field. Like that doesn't seem to fit with Rachel's dad's character at all. He's a right? news anchor. He's a news anchor. He's like, let me just take my 13-year-old daughter to go gamble on some ponies. Honestly, is there so little to do in their town? They're like, well... We could. You want to go to the mall again? Nah. They, it, that you want to cannot, go to Dave and Buster's? Nah. <laughs> they cannot possibly be so little to do in their town because they canonically have an amusement park in their town. This is that true. That comes up in this book. This is 100% <laughs> true. And apparently awesome things were happening there at the time. Like it was like the haunt or something. I don't know. I think it was just a haunted house. Like the one, it was like the haunted mansion of the, the mm. and then they, But they did a parade too. That was a regular parade, though, I think, because they had characters, because this is going to get into my serious theories. Disneyland. Mm -mm. (laughs) Nope. Knott's Berry Farm. Nope. Dang. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So so they go to the racetrack, and it's a shit show. They almost get caught immediately, and everyone escapes but Cassie. And the only way that she can stay hidden is by acquiring the morph of Minneapolis Max, who is favored to win the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) So there's two of the exact same horse in the stall. And this, like, stable boy is like... Stable boy? Stable boy. He's like, sir, there are two horses in here that look exactly the same. And the guy's like, I shut up and bring the horse out here. <laughs> and so, like, excellent voice work. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those are not dissimilar from some of my D&D character voices. Oh, no. um, <laughs> so Cassie, the, the stable boy, I guess, is like, I guess I'll just grab the nearest horse. And he takes Cassie and gets her all set up to run in this race. And it goes weirdly. She, they, I guess the racehorse brain is taking over her brain. So they put her in that, like the stalls at the beginning of the race and she starts panicking and stuff. And in her panic starts to like talk to the jockey using thought speech which I guess is also going to have no consequences. I have a lot of questions because, <laughs> because here, okay. So when they thought speak to, they think speak to each other, uh-huh. they can distinguish each other's voices, right? Like they know yes. who is talking. So like there must be some quality that is similar to their actual voices. So uh-huh. did this jockey just hear a 13 year old girl's voice pop in his head and be like, chill jockey we're gonna run really fast like that's and then he was like because he's like okay talking horse the talking horse is a stallion though why do you think yes. why would you be like this is that horse i would be like i'm excellent question having all a, around a breakdown <laughs> did we misname you like, what's going on i uh, <laughs> This whole scene was very, like, second chapter, right? Like, usually they have these, like, little cutesy one-off things that don't matter to the plot that kick off the book to be like, we're all animorphs and we can turn into animals. Like, yes, 
that was this vibe. But for some reason, it was in the middle of the book. Uh, yeah, for some reason, it was very important to the plot. But here's my question, though. If if you are a jockey or mm. any individual mm-hmm. riding a horse, yes. and suddenly a voice enters your mind that sounds like an ordinary teenage girl's voice. Yeah. Is your first instinct going to be my horse was talking to me or there's someone out here I can't see? <laughs> this is my point. <laughs> and if, like, I don't know. Like you would think like maybe if the voice had the quality of like a talking Ed or if it was like, nay, <laughs> you know, I you know a, horse. a horse voice. <laughs> then you'd Even- be like, okay, horse. Even if it was a Mr. Ed type voice, I think I would still be like, probably not a horse because horses are horses and do not understand human speech. This goes against my entire worldview. (laughs) Again, maybe we're like, maybe maybe their voices are not quite so identifiable as thought speech. Maybe it's like a feeling. Yeah, it's like an ethereal, like just genderless, personless voice that fills your head or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, even so, I still wouldn't be like, oh, it's my horse. Exactly. I'd be like, I'm in a crowded racetrack area. There's tons of, like, workers here around me. There's news people probably, maybe. And even if I was Vendors. like, it's my horse, I wouldn't be like, better keep running this race. I'd be like, I have I'd to get like, off of this demon horse. Yes. Oh, no, my horse can talk to me. Is it okay if I sit on it still is my thing. Like, this horse has sentience. If 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 an animal, if a creature begins to talk to you, at, like, how long can you still can sit it on talk it? talk to you before you get uncomfortable sitting on it? Yeah. I think <laughs> probably about half a second after it starts talking to me would be yes. my answer. Unless, well, I was going to say unless what it's saying is I love that you're sitting on me, but actually that would make me get off faster. <laughs> That would be like immediate dismount. (laughs) Oh my God. So she's Cassie's only chances or only choice or Cassie's only choice is to run this race. And she's like fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. Gotta go fast. And she wins the race because she has a human brain. And apparently her human brain is like, no horse body. Even if you are tired, you can still run really fast. And that's how she wins the race. She solved it. She solved horses, guys. (laughs) She has a great time. She loves it. She gets to take pictures of and everything. It's beautiful. After all that. They morph into their horses and start to hang out with the year courses. And I, they just, they just all walk into the secret military base. That's it. That's mm-hmm. what happens here. They're horses being horses, and then they walk onto the secret military base, and the Yerks are all talking, and Axe translates, because I guess there's some, like, lingua franca. Lingua franca? Lingua franca? Franca sounds fancier, so let's go with that. Yeah, it sounds more French. There's, like, some common language that the alien races share that they are speaking in, and Axe translates, and he's they're basically saying, we're on a mission, and we have to complete it tonight, so... That they're Thanks, speaking Axe, in because, because the Yerks gave the horses, like, talk boxes. Which... Yeah, how did they do that? What? <laughs> Along with invading your brain, Yerks can also become vocal cords. 
Well, they they say that they gave them like a thing, like it's like a linguistic. Oh, whatever. did they? I totally missed. Yeah, that. and that it's it's programmed with the base language, the lingua franca that um, all the aliens know, I guess, because the Yerks don't have. Well, the the Yerks do have a spoken language because they have like words in Yerk, but they also don't have a spoken language because they only do thought speech. So like, it doesn't matter, whatever. Ugh. But like, also, why can't the Yerks just thought speech to each other? Do they not do thought speech when they're in bodies? So like, if they're a horse, they gotta like talk like a horse but then like horses only know horse talk and it's like the youths don't know horse talk but also 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 here's the thing if the horses can communicate with each other like why do the yerks the yerks would know what the horses mean when the horses are doing things so it's like if the horse is like let's go this way i guess they need to like plan their strategy of like we got to go get to the toilet spoilers the toilet we have to know more words than eat and poop i guess real fast Oh, and that's the thing I did want to mention. That was the thing that clued them off that the horses were Yerks for sure. And Cassie and Rachel weren't lying was that like the horse took a crap and the other horses like made fun of it. So the horse went and hid and they were, yeah, they were modest horses and they call them the modest horses throughout the book, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they, they're shy poopers. (laughs) <laughs> um, but okay, so here's okay, back to the beginning then. There's this horse that's making a pay phone call. <laughs> is it wearing the talk box? I guess it would have to be, right? Because So how come just... no one says anything about that? I think it's like I think it's like inside of them. I don't oh, okay, think it's like, like on their throats. I think it's like they installed Okay, I thought it was like places. a like a like a like a speaker like in recess you know yeah, the tv yeah. show recess yeah that's what i was imagining because if it was that then they would notice that before the horses started talking but they didn't notice it until the horses started talking and then axe is like oh and then they were like these thing. horses are fucking talking oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this horde of hers this herd of horses this horde of horses rushes <laughs> Both. the military base and just breaks into their most top secretive areas because horses can do that also apparently. very convenient that these horses were planning apparently to do this this whole time and waited until the two hour period that the animorphs joined them like very convenient that was very nice of them <laughs> and they find this weird looking alien technology it's just like this glowing box it's a huge box it's glowing and no one knows what it is even the yerks and so they all just fucking leave. They're just like, we saw it. Now we're going. Goodbye. <laughs> like, Christ. Uh, <laughs> so Visser 3 shows up to do a progress report. He's like, what did you find? And the Yerks are like, we don't know. And Visser 3 kills the head horse Yerk and is like, hey, wait, there's extra horses here. What's this? And Cassie's like, uh oh, better poop so they think I'm a normal horse. <laughs> but Visser 3 is like, the Bandalites, unlike last week, I believe the Bandalites can be anywhere at any time. We need to kill these horses. He's but then even, they just run away. Even more than that, he's like, he says that, and then Cassie's like, let's poop, and then he'll think we're horses. And then she does so. And Visser 3 is like, okay, I'm convinced those are definitely horses. But I'm still going to kill him just in case. Yeah. Like, it won't hurt if I kill them. Compare this to last episode, last book, where he's like, (laughs) oh, these hork we've been chasing all over the place fell conveniently into a canyon and are immediately being eaten by wolves. And it's probably fine. We'll leave them to their business. No one can defeat the Yerk army and live. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, they escape. It's fine. They get away somehow. And and then they're like, boy, I wish we knew what that technology was. And Axe is like, well, no one asked me, but I know what it is. I didn't tell you guys earlier because no one asked me. No, he tried to tell them and they all cut him off because they're oh, idiots. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and then he didn't mention it again until like hours later. And he's like, oh, yeah, it was a primitive A and Delight toilet, you guys. <laughs> they're much more advanced now. But yeah, it's a toilet. What? I don't want to think about it too much, but like they don't eat. So like, how do they toilet? They absorb nutrients through their hooves. Do they also de-absorb? dispel nutrients through yeah. their hooves? Yeah. <laughs> Something to think where about. Would an, where would an Andalite's butthole be? Like on what we consider the rump? One would assume and yet... And yet, because like, okay, so if you're, if your digestive tract has to move things upwards through your legs, though, that's, that's a lot. Maybe it just like all explodes at the top of them. Like a blowhole. Yeah. Just showering everything in a fine mist of I was thinking even less, less like a blowhole because if they have essentially a permeable skin on their hooves that allows them to absorb. Perhaps uh-huh. just the top of them is all permeable too, but it just goes. Sh- it's just constantly like a dehumidifier, but yeah. for poop. Yeah, mm-hmm. which would I feel like make more sense with the toilet as described because it's like it's not a thing that you could go sit on, right? It's like yeah, just a, that, that doesn't describe a bowl of any sort that you flush. So it's probably just like yeah, like a humidifier in like to combat the andalite humidifier so it's just like sucking it just the like particles vacuums. out of the air yeah <laughs> vacuums out all of, the, all of the moisture yep yuck andalites are disgusting <laughs> so gross guys <laughs> oh but the mandalites are like wow this toilet could help us prove that aliens exist and maybe people will believe us about the yerks and i guess that's why viscer 3 wants to destroy it they like jump to a lot of conclusions there but, yeah you know yeah yeah, I feel like probably actually Vistor 3 thinks it's, like, good tech and just doesn't know that it's a toilet is the situation. Yeah. But they're, like... Yeah, like, if maybe if he knew it was a toilet, he'd be, like, the primitive humans would not be able to figure out what it does, so let's just leave it there. Yeah. Or just be, like... Wouldn't give... <laughs> I was gonna say wouldn't give a shit, but, like... <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway... Then there's this whole end part where Cassie is like, man, I wasted everyone's time this whole book. And I'm like, yeah, I hated this. Hated reading this. Thanks, <laughs> I was Cassie, for this experience. So confused and she's by like, this end part because I felt like it could have ended with the revelation that it was a toilet and it would have just been like the skunk book, right? Where it's like, yes, there, there would have been again. like a freeze frame. Yeah. They're after a toilet the whole time. Lol. But then Applegate was like, whoops, haven't met my page count for the month. Gotta keep going. <laughs> but this book was a little bit longer than some of the others, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> so Cassie's like, well, that plan didn't work. So they might try again. Um, OMG, I saw a sign-up sheet for a military family day at the gardens while we were at the base. 
I guess Visser 3 is going to try and yerk up some military guys so they can destroy that toilet. Probably at the gardens. We should go to there. And they do. There's like the stupid thing where Cassie got the time wrong because she doesn't know how to tell military time. And like, I say military time. It's sorry. It's the way that the rest of the world tells time. <laughs> um, and... Then she's like, feels real bad about that. She feels real useless. And then there's like this fight and chase scene that takes them through what is definitely not the Haunted Mansion ride, um, where like the Yerks are waiting to capture military personnel as the track, as the, as the little cart is going through the ride and they grab Captain Torelli, who has also like identified Marco and, and, uh, Cassie and Rachel and it's like after those kids so it's just like a stupid scooby-doo chasing I just want to talk about that for a second because I okay so Captain Torelli is like this dude who works on a military base and is in charge of security there and he captured these kids wandering around the military base um which people aren't supposed to be able to get into with like no shoes and he's like oh these kids are up to some shit and then he brings them in and they refuse to tell him who his who their parents are or like who they are or whatever. Okay, like that happens. Yes. He then finds them again at Military Family Day where the whole park is rented out for military and their family mm-hmm. at this park and is like, I need to arrest them, which that's not how anything works. But Dressed whenever. exactly the same too. Just, yes. But he's like, I need to arrest them because they're probably up to something would your thought be like these are 13 year olds who are going to take over the military base or would it be these are somebody on the base's kids who were where they weren't supposed to be and now they're at military (laughs) family day because that's where military families go (laughs) and that would all make sense and i should probably just like figure out who their parents are and report them or would it be like i need to chase them down through this amusement park because this is top priority like, this is nonsense. It's definitely the latter. He definitely needs to capture Cindy fucking Crawford. Who <laughs> <laughs> he somehow still thinks that's her name. Ugh. So they do, yeah, they get, they chase him through the Haunted Mansion ride. They chase him through a parade. And because it's, like, the theme of the ride and the theme of the parade, everyone just thinks they're amusement park attractions that can become aliens and bears and tigers or whatever convenient and they eventually end up saving captain he gets like he gets captured by viscer three and some controllers but they save captain torelli from getting yerked and that's it the Yay. end good job viscer three viscer three gives up immediately runs away the end <laughs> so sick of viscer three. <laughs> oh, this book was just so bad it was a whole mess um i was in such disbelief the whole time i was reading it it didn't have anything to do with the plot of anything it was yeah the stakes didn't matter Mm -hmm. i mean the stakes never matter but like they really super didn't matter in this one (laughs) well and then it does like this weird thing with rachel's character too Oh, yeah. She suddenly becomes like super obsessed with the way that Cassie dresses Mm -hmm. and like wants boys to think Cassie is cute and like pays Marco to compliment Cassie on her appearance. Like it just it does weird things with all the characters. I feel like it's just. eh. Yeah. Um, 
Well, with that said, of all the characters, who was your most valuable morph this week? Ew, I don't know. Man, they were all... I know, right? It's tough. Um... Um... (laughs) Oh, ooh, you go first. <laughs> I, I think I'm probably going to give it to Tobias again mm, because mm. he just wasn't he wasn't directly involved with some of the dumb shit that was going on. That's you know, true. like he, he saved the cockroaches. He saved the cockroaches who couldn't remember they could fly. So I guess points for that. But ugh, it was a low bar. Yeah, it definitely wasn't Cassie. No. Jake again, he was kind of MIA this book a little bit. Yeah. So like last episode last couple episodes ago, we could give it to Jake again just because he didn't do anything bad, but I don't know, maybe Rachel. I mean she she helped find the initial Yerk. Horse Yerk. I don't know. It was just a poor showing. Just, yeah, yeah. It was they, no one was at their best, no. even Visser 3. Visser 3 was possibly at his worst. Yes. No, that's not true. His least last, threatening. Last episode, he was at his worst because of the whole letting everyone get away. Again. Yeah. Oh, as always. Yeah, as always. <laughs> maybe we're... So maybe going into series theories, remember how we had originally postulated that maybe Marco's mom was leading a year rebellion? Oh, maybe yeah. Maybe fucking Visser 3. Maybe that's why he's so incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> would explain some things how does someone get so many promotions and yet do so little for their cause i mean oh 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 like in this book he shows up to these horses horse yerks who have done their job and immediately kills one and is like ah that guy was shit yeah maybe <laughs> maybe he's actually trying to just slowly pick off the yerks one by one yes oh Okay, maybe Visser 3 was most valuable more. Maybe I do change my stance. (laughs) (laughs) What are your series theories? Um, Okay, so I know a couple Animorphs episodes ago, I said Sacramento was where they're at. I'm going to amend that slightly because as you pointed out, that is not on the coast. And I said, oh, well, suburbs, which kind of sort of worked. I'm amending it to San Francisco because this... The gardens, and I think I've brought this up before, the gardens is Six Flags because they have a Looney Tunes, uh, a Looney Tunes in the park, and that's Six Flags. Six Flags owns Looney Tunes. Ah. So like that's where it is. They shouldn't have. Okay. They shouldn't have dropped that IP, man. They're over here talking about how they can't say their last names. You can't. You can't name check IP like that. That that narrows it way the fuck down. Animorphs. So they're definitely <laughs> out of Six Flags. And Idiots. there's one near San Francisco. So I'm pretty sure I'm amending my, my guess to San Francisco. Okay. Um, do we have any other? Uh, Mormon moment. It, huh? There was like a couple shipping moments between Cassie and Marco. Yeah. Um, and by that, I mean, when Rachel does pay Marco to compliment Cassie on her appearance, she pays him $2 and Marco goes, I would have done it for one. So, you know, take that okay. how you will. Here's the thing. You're saying that jokingly, but this is right after Jake. Because, okay, so essentially the setup of this is like Cassie's walking through the hall with her like new outfit on and a bunch of guys don't notice her and like get her name wrong. And then Jake comes up and is like, oh, you look the same as always, Cassie. And then Marco is like, 
oh, like lays on the compliments and Cass is like, oh, Rachel paid you. And he's like, yeah, $2, but I would have done it for one. Right. Mm-hmm. So like. Was that a lie? First he, off. He didn't. But well, I wasn't going to say it was a lie, but I think that like there is a thing here of like if this was a shippable type thing where I actually thought that we were, you know, trying to get figure out who was Endgame and this wasn't like a dumb book for kids and they're not going to do this, but whatever. But Mm -hmm. this would be like a thing where in 20 books from now, when Jake and Cassie are like the couple but then they're having problems, it would be like the thing that Cassie thought was cute that Jake was like, oh, you always look the same to me. You always look great no matter what would be like, you never notice like that I'm putting in effort, right? Like, yes. Because that is a thing that Jake's like, oh yeah, you always look great. It's like, no, no. If you're trying to look cute, like I know Cassie's not going to care right now because she's 13 and doesn't care about looking cute. But if you're trying to look cute and your significant other's like, oh, well, you always look great, babe. Like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. She had just bought this new outfit at the J Crew. So I think like right now where she's just doing it under Rachel's impetus, she's like, oh, that's great. Jake doesn't care either. But if she ever gets to the point where she's maybe not looking cute, but trying to put in some effort Dolling in some herself way. up. Yeah. yeah. Or like, just like if she's like doing something else nice for Jake and Jake's like, oh, yeah, well, you're always nice, babe. Like that's going to be an issue right down the line. Mm-hmm. Taking her for granted, Jake. That's Mar- how you lose her. Marco's over here paying her those two buck compliments. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, did you have a morbid moment this week? or I feel like I didn't. Ah, oh, shit. I forgot about that. I don't think I had. This was so slapstick. Mm-hmm. This whole book was, I felt like. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I guess maybe when Cassie's like, just got to poop in front of everyone. Like, gotta do what you gotta do to survive, it's man. Upsetting. I don't know if it's morbid, but it definitely is upsetting. Well, like nothing even came of it, and then no one mentioned it afterwards. But yeah. I feel like y'all got you. Just, y'all got to admit you just saw Cassie poop in front of you. Horse poop. It's a big old mm. poop. <laughs> Gross. Oh man. And you said you didn't have one. I don't think I did. I mean, like everything was pretty, like you said, slapstick, happy go lucky. They weren't high yeah. stakes. They were chasing a toilet. So like, yeah, it's such a weird Cassie book. She's like, usually just there's more gravitas mm-hmm. to a Cassie book, but and whether that works or not is up for debate. But like, yeah, this yes, is I a... hate them all. <laughs> this is a weird choice in general. Didn't feel like a yeah. Cassie book. Not a fan. No. Mm-mm. Um, but we're moving on. Thankfully. So next week we will be doing the. Uh, next book in our magical realism unit. Uh, so come on by to check that out. And then the week after that, we are back to Animorphs and we're actually taking a break from the main canon to do a side book, which isn't, this isn't in publication order because if it did, we would be doing a lot of side books at once, but we're going to go ahead and do the Hork-Bajir Chronicles next. Yeah. Yeah. It takes... It's, it's, I guess, the story that the Hork-Bajir are telling to Tobias after they've made it to their yeah. clearing. I, don't, I guess he has to go and visit them. He has new friends now that can take him in and care for him in ways that his real friends don't. <laughs> Which so. is nice. Good for Tobias. Yeah. Yeah. This is the story that they tell. So <laughs> very excited for that. 
get some backstory on these peaceful idiot giants. <laughs> these peaceful idiot salad spinners. Um, <laughs> At least they don't yeah. poop out of their whole skin. Like the Andalites we know for a fact do. Yes, 100% confirmed. <laughs> oh, in the meantime, if you want to share... No, I, don't share. No, no, gonna... I was gonna say if you want to share a poop story with yeah. us, but don't. <laughs> In the meantime, if you have any um, Animorphs opinions that you would like to share with us, do not hesitate to tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us, ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Because if you don't, the you will you will be cursed to watch an Andalite poop for the rest of your life. I'm ew, sorry. Ew. Ew. <laughs> uh, if you use Apple Podcasts, you'd very much appreciate a five star review. But if you do not use Apple Podcasts, that's okay because you're allowed to talk about us wherever the fuck you want, man. It's a free country for now, so take advantage before you get yerked. In the words of K. A. Applegate. Well, that was stupid from start to finish. (laughs) (laughs) Truer words. Perfect. Never been spoken or read. Written? Mm. One of those. I'm going to stop recording. (laughs) Oh, I thought I was just going to do a few. Oh, yeah. Go for it. And... Alien toilets. That's it. There's no that's other it. content. That's all. That's that's the whole book. Alien toilet. LOL. Uh, um. <laughs> he, all right. This will be a good stinger. I'm. I, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>